Hi, you're listening to Taming the Terminal Part 25B of N, IP Subnets. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials written by Bart Bouchatz over at bartb.ie slash ttt. This originally aired as part of NoSilicast episode 501, hosted at podfeet.com. I'm Allison Sheridan, host of the NoSilicast podcast, and the other voice you're about to hear is Bart Bouchatz of bartb.ie. I think we're going to go back to the start. I... There was a great moment there where you actually said, do you want to pause for a minute? And I went, no. Gather your thoughts. Yeah, and I should have gone, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I so think it's unusual for you to have ever lost your way, so you didn't recognize it, because it's probably the first time I've ever heard you just stop. And and when you stopped, I was like, okay, maybe he needs to figure out where he's going. Yeah, no, The basically the problem was I tried to do too much in one weekend last weekend, having run after steam trains all weekend, I then went and tried <laughs> to write and record this, and my brain obviously wasn't up to it. Because I'd managed to write... I was I'd managed to write my mistake into my show notes. Oh. So I derailed myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I could use a refresher on what we went over last week. So we're going to go quicker, right? And yes. then pick up where we left off. Exactly. Oh, and and this time it'll have more of a beginning, middle and end. It'll flow nicer. And you also told me uh, before we got started recording that uh, you've actually rewritten some of the show notes because they were not perfectly clear and you wanted to uh, pick yes. up where we left off for that too. Exactly. So the the same link, it's still at the same URL, but it's been actually, you know, like it's only about a 5% change, but some stuff has moved around a bit and some stuff was clarified. So it's a, an important 5%. Good. I like it when things are clarified. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Doug, Doug started it. I can't think of that word without a capital C. <laughs> I like it. It's like Kleenex now, huh? Yes, Exactly. Only Our, Kleenex wasn't a word. Before they made the Kleenex, clarify was a word, and now it's been... Hijacked. Capitalized. Anyway. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, so to set the picture, so the, in the previous installments, we were looking at the bottom of our four layers of our TCP IP stack, which is the Ethernet layer for getting a, one packet of information from one computer on a network to another computer on the same network, in, in our case, using the Ethernet protocol. And then we said that there were three more layers in the stack. So layer one is, the, is that link layer one packet within your network. The second step up is then one packet from anywhere on the internet to anywhere else on the internet, and that's the IP layer. And then above that sits the layer for getting same streams of data from one place to another, which is your TCP and your and your UDP. And then on top of that sit our web browsers and our email clients and our chat clients and Skype and all of those things that actually use the internet or our network in some way. Right. So... Previously, we were on the very bottom of the stack, and now we're moving up one to layer the second layer, which is the IP or the inter the internet layer. Okay. So we had said that at the lowest layer, the everything is addressed by MAC addresses, and unsurprisingly, when we move up to the IP layer, everything is addressed by IP addresses. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, we are ignoring IPv6 for the sake of this entire series. So as far as we are concerned, all IP addresses are of the form number dot number dot number dot number dot number. So four of them. And all of those numbers are between zero and 255. Inclusive. Good. So unlike our MAC addresses, they're not baked in. So your IP address is not a physical property of your network card. It's something that is controlled by your operating system. So it's a much more, it's configured rather than an innate, which is not really true of your MAC address. That's sort of baked in. Right, right. Um, there's lots of them. If you're 255 to the power of 255 to the power of 255 to the power of 255 is lots. It's a way big number. Way big number. And those are managed so the parts of that massive space are handed out to organizations by ICANN, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. And they have set aside three very important bits, which are the ones that we are allowed to use for private networks. And a private network is one that's not either completely separate from the internet or is connected to the internet through a NAT router. And all of our home routers are almost certainly NAT routers. So in other words, those are the three ranges we are free to use within our homes. For those playing at home, NAT stands for Network Address Translation. It does, and it's something we will be coming back to later in the series. But for now, we just take it as given that it's a cool thing our home routers do. <laughs> okay. So those three ranges are 10.0.0.0 up to 10.245.245.255, which is, I think, Apple like that one. Right, right. 
And then there's 172.16.0.0 to 172.31.255.255 and you don't really tend to see that one very often. And that's a weird one. I wonder why it's 31 instead of all 255s after the 172. Well, because you can have uh, you can have them of any size, and it I think it's because of that thirty one that we don't use it very much because it confuses people. I think actually that's why it just left there. By the way, I have seen that address before inside uh, a business. Yeah, perfectly valid. Again, it's private networks are free for anyone to use. Mm-hmm. And then one nine two dot one six eight dot zero dot zero to one nine two dot one six eight dot two five five dot two five five. That's used by most routers that are not made by Apple. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, an important thing to note is is you could have a company that had this 172 range, and I could have a company that had the 172 range, uh-huh. and that doesn't hurt anything because they're both behind our uh, routers, and so they're not on the public network, right? Exactly. They are both private networks, and they have to be private networks. So these private address ranges are free for us to use in our homes, but the, color, the corollary to that is that you may not, under any circumstances whatsoever, use those on the public internet. Right, that would break everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it would, it would probably break you more than anything else, but it wouldn't work. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it's verboten not to be done. Uh, we also mentioned that 127, that anything, that anything, that anything, is entirely reserved for the loopback address, which is a terrible waste of IP addresses, but so be it. And addresses starting in 169.254 are self-signed addresses and usually a sign that something is broken. Right, right. So... The whole, the big, the big step up here with going up from Ethernet to IP is this ability to cross different networks and get from one part of the internet to another part of the internet. And the heavy lifting in that is the routing, which is figuring out a path between these two points and getting the packet across that path. And most of the routing is done by routers or routers, as you guys call them. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool how that works, but we're not going to talk about it because <laughs> it's well, it's. Okay. It's a whole university course, right? It, it's not straightforward. It is cool, but it's not straightforward. And it's not really directly related to our terminal or to our home network. So we're not going there. But everything that talks IP does a small amount of routing because it has to answer a question. Just one question it has to try answer. Is the destination IP address for this packet on my local network or is it on a different network? Hmm. And every time your computer sends a single packet, so it's doing it thousands of times a second while we're chatting on Skype, it has to figure out, oh, that IP address for Allison, is that here or is that not here? If it's not here, I hand it to Bart's router, and then Bart's router will make it go the rest of the way. If it is here, I just send it directly. So that is basically the most fundamental routing question. Is this packet for my network or for another network? If it's for my network, I send it myself using Ethernet. If it's for another network, I can't send it myself using Ethernet. So I send it to my router, and my router then takes it from there. So your computer needs to answer this question? Yes. Okay. Every single time your computer issues an IP packet, it has to answer that question. Okay. okay. And that will determine whether the packet goes to That's the MAC address. That's before it sends. Before it hits, yeah, exactly. So before it sends. So it has to decide, does this packet go to the MAC address of the final destination or to the MAC address of my router? How's it going to know the MAC address? You mean I... Ah, using ARP, like we talked about oh. in part 24. Okay. I forgot that part, but okay, I believe you. <laughs> yes, and we saw that with the ARP minus A command, we could see that. So, in order to answer that question, what we're actually asking is, are, is the destination on my subnet? Is what we're asking in fancy computer science words. Right. Uh, so basically your subnet is the IP equivalent of your network. So a subnet is just a collection of IP addresses that are related to each other in that, well, we'll get ahead of it in a minute. So they're all related IP addresses. And very importantly, everyone on a subnet can send a packet directly to everyone else on the subnet without the help of a router. That's what defines its subnetiness. Oh, I didn't catch that last week. So so if it if my computer determines that the computer I need to talk to is on the same subnet, then I never talk to the router at all? Correct. You go, you go direct. Really? Yes. Really? Yes, which is why it's a routing decision. So the decision is, give it to the router or do it myself. I Okay, I definitely missed that. Okay, that's very important, actually, because the whole reason we have this concept of a subnet mask that we're going to get so deep into is because that is the mechanism for telling your computer what's local and what's foreign, i.e., what do I send to myself or what do I give to the router? 
Yeah, I got that it was going to do that, but I didn't get that if it didn't need, well, the first part of what you said, I didn't get the part where it actually doesn't have to go through uh, the router at all if yeah. it's local. If it's local, no router involved. It just uses ARP to figure out the MAC address and sends the packet directly using Ethernet. And off it goes. That's it, done. Because there's no need for a router because you can talk straight to that guy because he's on your subnet. Huh. So you just do. Okay. So really... I believe you. That seems counterintuitive, but I believe you. Okay, well, it's, you know, it's what makes IP different to to, to Ethernet is that IP can go foreign if it has to, but it prefers not to. Right. It's easier. It's always easier not to leave your network. Uh, So IP addresses, we're used to seeing them in this dotted notation, which are called dotted quads. But in reality, it's actually a 32-bit binary number. So it's 32 ones or zeros. And that Binary, in their binary form, you can see the patterns, whereas in their decimal form, you sometimes can't. Sometimes you can, but that's a special case rather than the definition. So, everyone who's on your subnet, when you write their IP addresses out as ones and zeros, will start with the same ones and zeros. How much of it you choose to keep in common determines the size of your subnet. So, if you say that the first 24 bits of my IP address have to be the same then you have a 24-bit subnet, and every single computer has to share the same 24 bits in their IP address to be on your network. Right. I remember this or you part. might, Yeah. Or you might decide to say, I want millions and millions of computers, so I'm going to make only the first eight say the same, and let all the others vary. And then you have a short bit in common, so lots of variability, so lots and lots and lots of IP addresses available to you. That would be really dumb. You don't want to have a giant, giant subnet, right? Because that means no. every machine is talking to every other machine on the subnet. Yeah, using Ethernet, which, as we heard about last time, has this habit of colliding into itself. Right, right. So that would be dumb. It, w- it is how, in the past, such things did happen when there was much, you know, we didn't download movies and stuff. You could do that if you, everyone was using a teeny tiny bit of bandwidth. But no, in the modern world, that is never going to fly. Never going to fly. Um, so ultimately, what we need to define is this where we draw the line. So how much do we let wobble and how much do we keep constant? And the name we give for our definition of how much is constant and how much is wobbly is a subnet mask or just a net mask. And we write the net mask as a second binary number. Again, 32 bits long. And we say that all the bits we keep constant get a one in the subnet mask and all the bits we let wobble get zeros. So subnet masks are always a bunch of ones and then a bunch of zeros. And anything that doesn't fit that pattern is an illegal subnet mask. That's when it's not being shown as an uh, a quad, whatever Correct. you called it, octet? A dotted quad. Dotted quad, right. So a lot of IP addresses, yeah. So in order to really see if a, Mac, sorry, if a net mask is valid, you have to write it in binary. It's the only way to really see it, because from the decimal, you can't tell. Hmm. So, the basic math, right? So we have these two binary numbers, and that's all our computer... So when we're configuring our computer, those are the two things we tell our computer about its IP presence. Here's your IP address, here's your net mask. And based on just those two pieces of information, it can figure out all the rest. So what it needs to figure out is whether or not someone is local with it. Right. So it takes its IP address, or your computer takes its IP address, it then does a binary AND with your net mask. So we described last time that a binary AND is... It's defined by a little truth table that we have in the show notes here. So 0 AND 0 is 0. 0 AND 1 is 0. 1 AND 0 is 0. 1 AND 1 is 1. Every computer science undergrad can just rattle that off. (laughs) So we do that 32 times, and then we end up with a new 32 long thing. And that 32 long thing we call our network address. And that's the, so that's now the combination of the IP address and the net mask. Yes. So Alicia, so we and the IP address and the net mask and we get this new 32 bit number and we're going to call that our network address is the name we're going to give that. It looks just like an IP address. You would write it like you would an IP address as a dotted quad. Hmm. And if you look at it in binary, it'll have the same prefix as all the computers on your network and then all zeros for the rest. So all the wobbly bits go to zero. Okay. So we now need to ask the question. Let's, let's, let's make this real world, right? We are computer A. Well, sort of, not imaginative name, but we are computer A. 
Okay. Our computer has the IP address 192.168.0.3, and it has the netmask 255.255.255.248. Alrighty. I want to talk to two different computers. I want to talk to computer B, which has an IP address of 192.168.0.5, and I want to talk to computer C, which has an IP address of 192.168.0.9. Okay. Now, so just notice. for people listening, I know it's a little hard when you hear all those numbers. We're basically, we're on dot three. The other two computers are dot five and dot nine. Correct. And okay. our net mask is three two five fives and a two four eight on the end. Okay. Now, notice something. This is where I went off the rails last time. Your computer has no idea what the, right. A net mask is an internal configuration. It is a property of your settings inside your computer. It is not public knowledge. It is not published. It is not shared in any way. So you do not know the net mask that is set on another computer. Oh, well, yeah, that's going to make this hard, hard to figure out. No, it doesn't. It doesn't actually make it any harder. Okay. But I just got that. I, I wasn't clear on that. I knew that. I just didn't say that. That made things messy. So we would like to send information to those two computers, and we now need to figure out, are you local or are you foreign? So... First thing we do is we do some conversions. So we just write them all out in binary. So we have a whole, we have four 32-bit binary numbers. The three IP addresses and our net mask. Right. So we already know that if we take our net mask and we and this with our own IP address, we get back our network address. So we do that and we keep a copy. Okay. We then take our net mask and the first of the two IP addresses we want to send to. So we'll take .5, and we AND those together, and then we see if it's the same as our net address. If it is, is the our same, net address and their net address would be the same? If they're the same, then he's local. Ah. And we can send direct. If oh, that's why you don't need to know the other computer's net mask, because right. if, you, if you do it with your net mask, and it's the same, then they have the same net mask. If it's different, then they have a different net mask, which means they're on a different uh, subnet. Yeah, they may be on a different subnet or internet. the same net mask, but you can't talk local. You can't talk directly to anyone who doesn't calculate down in the same way. Wait, 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 wait. You just said they can have the same. Mm-hmm. They can uh, have the same net, net mask, mask, right? But have a different IP address. So, okay, let's take a very common net mask: three two five fives and a zero. Okay. I can be one nine two dot one six eight dot zero dot fifty two. So. When I calculate that down, my network address is 192.168.0.0. Okay. You might be 192.168.20.52, and your net mask could be the same as mine, so 3255s. Your network address would be 192.168.20.0. Okay, that's a whole lot of numbers jumbling by. Let me change the way I'm going to ask my question. If, mm-hmm. uh, let's say you and I both have Apple routers... Mm-hmm. And we both have, uh, you've assigned your computer 10.0.1.1. Well, you won't mm-hmm. do that. 10.0.1.10. And mm-hmm. I've named mine 10.0.1.10. And we both used a net mask of 255.255.255.0. Mm-hmm. Then this math would say we're on the same subnet. And we're yes, not. Yes, in fact, this math would say we're the same. Okay, you're bringing that into it, and that's a bad idea. Well, if I've got to be able to tell whether you're inside or outside the network. Okay, but you're not sending to me as my 10 address. You're sending to me as my public IP address. Okay, so this, this, all this math only refers to... Oh, wait a minute. I thought it you said this... To the re- IP, it refers to the IP address that you, as the sender, see. So the fact that NAT routers manipulate IP addresses... Changes what I see. Okay, so as long as it's not a 192, then all you need to do is see whether it's in those ranges of, of IP addresses we're not allowed to use. Why do you need the net mask for that? Because you already told us we're not allowed to use the 172s and the 10.0s and the, the 172 and the 192s, or the 169. So you go in and you say, okay, okay it's not one of those, boom, it's outside. No, because I could have, in fact, I do, you do too. You have two private subnets within your house, so do I. And that's what I wanted to hear you say. So this, all this math is to see if it's inside your network, but on a different subnet. Not if it's right. outside your network. If it's outside your network, you wouldn't need to do any of this math. Okay, so as far as we're concerned, when I say network, I mean subnet. So if you have two networks in your yeah, house... Yeah, I'm going to need you to be precise on that, because that's going to confuse me if you say it that way. Okay. Okay. 
The strict definition of a subnet is that everyone can talk to each other. So if you have two subnets within your house, you have two networks within your house. They're physically right on top of each other, but logically they're True, but not networks. precise enough. Okay. Because <laughs> when I think network, I think out everybody. So if we say subnet, so now, I, now I'm caught up with why we're doing this. I, was, I did not catch that last time. All right. Okay. And so, remember, this, this logic is entirely generic. So if we didn't have NAT routers and if we were... I don't know, a large university that owned public IP addresses, the same logic would be applied. So the fact that NAT is in the way doesn't change the math that has to be done. You always have to figure out, are you on my subnet or are you not on my subnet? Whether or not there's nattiness done by your router doesn't affect this math. You always have okay, to do it. Okay, but you wouldn't have to do this if you weren't talking about subnets. Because you could yes. just look and see if it's in a range that's disallowed, then, it's in, or, then I would do it. Or, actually, yes, but you're, you're, you're applying too much importance to the arbitrary numbers that have been chosen by ICANN as being private. So the actual, the actual how IP works doesn't understand that at all. It's just binary numbers oh, and we're doing binary math. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. But they could have done it that way is what I'm saying, if it weren't for subnets. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, now we'll so we, have, we have our examples, and when we do the math, we, we see that two of them work out to the same and one of them doesn't. But let's reinforce that. So I spent most of this week writing a little web page mm-hmm. called subnetcalc.it. And I have no, I like no idea it. what this does. I looked okay. at it and I went, what on earth is he talking about? Okay. So the important thing is we know two pieces of information about our computer. We know our IP address and we know our net mask. So those are the only two pieces of information you put into subnetcalc.it and it will then tell you about your network and let you test if an IP address is on your network or not. It will do all of this math I have just described. So you could go straight to the link and type it in, or you could click on the special link in the show notes that will pre-fill the text fields for you with the examples from the show notes here. Ah. Uh, so this is where it says this link. You may have to do a shift refresh because you may have cached an old version of this page because you were beta testing for me. Uh, oh, oh, wait, no. Um, I just opened up subnetcalc.it on its own. I just okay, clicked so the link just, in the sidebar. Just, so. just after that. Okay, so in the actual show note text, it says you can use this link to load the IP address and NetMask automatically. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me where that is. I'm scrolling and not finding... It says, I, it's so you, you see the IPA and it's, it's where computer A, computer B, computer C, a little bit down from that. Okay, I got computer A, computer B, computer C. Then oh, you have it. four lines with a whole bunch of ones and zeros, a paragraph of text, three lines with a whole bunch of zeros, one single line of text. There it is. Okay. Now, all, right. all that's going to save you copying and pasting, right? You could have copied and pasted 192.168.0. Not found error 404. What? Oh, is that a bad... Yeah, uh, you've got some uh, www.subnetcalc.it at the end of the IP address. Oh, lovely. So we will... I can get to what you're talking about and you can fix that later. Uh, I'm just seeing it work for me. No. Like the, How come I can... I got there. Okay. You, okay. It's the, it's not the one that says this link. It's the one right before that is messed up. Oh, okay. I'll fix that fix one. That okay. One. Yeah, okay. Now I'm with you. The, okay. Phew. Except, so God, could is, you make that text any smaller, Bart? Jeez. Give me a eye break. Okay. I've zoomed it up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the first thing is now, if you want to see the simpler view, you can click hide calculations and it's going to hide all the binary stuff it's really doing and only show you the answers. Okay. Which is probably what most people want. But I, I want what, s- what problem does this solve? This is going to show us everything that we... Okay, so we know that our computers contain only two settings, IP address and NetMask. Mm-hmm. And using those two settings, our computer learns everything it needs to know about our subnet. And it does that with math. But I can show you by doing the math for you. So, we have the IP address 192.168.0.3 with the net mask 32550 and a 258. The first thing, okay, so if you hide the calculations and keep it just to the vital statistics, the first thing is that we can write that subnet in three ways that are all listed here. So, if you see 192.168.0.0/29 or 192.168.0.0/255.255.255.248 or 192.168.0.0 and then all these FF8s and stuff, those if you see any of those, they all mean the same thing. They mean our network. So if someone asks you, what's your network? You can tell them it's all of three of these things. Okay. 
It also does the math and works out what your network address is. So we know our IP is 0.3 and our netmask is what it is, but our network address, that actually calculates down to 192.168.0.0. Okay. Our broadcast address that we're going to learn about in a minute calculates down to 192.168.0.7. Okay. And the usable IP addresses on our network are 192.168.0.1 up to and including 0.6. In other words, there are only six computers in our little subnet. Okay. And down the bottom, we have a little thing called an IP tester. So you type in the other two IP addresses that we are testing. So 192.168.0.5, right? Dot zero dot five. I really can't type today. I'm putting in commas instead of dots, and that doesn't work. One six eight, and you will see it says yes. That is in your subnet. Now you put in nine zero dot nine. It says no. You're not in our subnet. Hmm. So this is just done for you. Everything we just talked about in the show notes. Okay. And if you click show calculations, it will show you exactly how it's done with all of the binary. So everything I have said is shown here graphically. This, uh, no. No? <laughs> nope. Not, not at all getting it. So if, if I've got a, a, a Linksys router and mm-hmm. I have control of the IP address range, I can mm-hmm. on one subnet assign one computer 192.168.0.0. Three, and I can give uh-huh. another one, 192.168.0.9, and those are on the same subnet. No. Well, only, right, you can't answer that question without knowing the net mask. If you use a net mask of three 255s and a 248, they are not on the same subnet. If you use a different net mask, if you change that net mask to three 255s and a zero, they will be on the same subnet. Why would I? I mean, why... Okay, well, I get a router and it automatically populates at 255, 255, 2550. Every router I've ever gotten has said that. So, why would okay. I change it to 248 to make my network not work and have computers on the well, same subnet? Make your network not be? work. Well, no, they're not on the same subnet, right? If you may want smaller subnets, okay, imagine. So, oh, is this a way to create subnets? Right. So, if you, right, so if you just use your router the way it was configured, you're getting the defaults. But imagine that you want to actually configure stuff yourself, and you say, I need two networks here. Well, then you're going to pick two different sets of networks. And you might say, well, I only need eight computers in this one, so I'll make a small subnet. Or and more... the way you make that small subnet is by putting in that subnet mask that, that causes yeah. these things to fall into different places? Correct. So by choosing the size of your subnet mask, you choose the size of your network. So imagine, this is actually real money, right? So imagine that you are a school. Maybe a university big enough to buy real IP addresses that cost money. You buy 256 of them because you can't really afford any more than that. And you need two networks. If you used a class C 255-255-2550 network net mask, you would only get one network, but you need two. Well, if you change the net mask to uh, one that is a little bit smaller than that, say three two five fives and a one two eight, is it? Yeah, one, two, eight. Then you get two subnets. You split it in half. If you change that again, you could quarter it. You could eighth it. You could sixteenth it. Okay. Okay. Now that I understand that the purpose of the subnets, that this isn't a just random result. It's why you have it. A different subnet mask would be to create these multiple subnets. Yes. So basically, okay. if you are saying, I want, I only need eight machines, I'm going to pick a nice small subnet, then you would pick a net mask that gives you a very small subnet. Okay. I got you. Okay. All right. Good. So, so now the IP, the, now I don't hate this IP subnet calculator because I understand why it would be different is because you wanted it to be different. Not yes. just because, oh crap, I can't pick 0.9 now. Right, exactly. You would, have, you would have done that for a reason. So you can see what your subnet means because usually the way it happens for us as end users, right, is that some network guy has picked the subnet and we've plugged in our computer. The HTTP has given us the details. And so we kind of want to f- work backwards and see what settings he created. So we would stick in the only two things we can see, which is our IP address and our net mask. And then this calculator will work back from that and tell us the details. Cool. So in our homes, what we have is the default Apple made up for us. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So while we're here, we may as well do what the default is. So your home network, if you just buy an Apple router, you plug it in, your 10. Zero dot zero dot something for your IP address. So pick a number. Forty-two. I like forty-two. And then three two five fives and a zero. And Wait. if you hit calculate, 
Oh, that is I, what is created for you by a default Apple router. Sorry, I can't play with mine because mine's on 192s because we're, remember we're running my airport extreme off of a, another router from uh, Verizon? <laughs> okay, well, if you type in the details for the 10 address, you will see what everyone else who has an Apple router is okay, getting Okay, so you. for IP address, I'm typing in what? 10.0.0.42, let's say. Okay. And I then thought it was 10.0.1. No? Is that what Apple uses? Okay, that's what was. Apple uses. We'll type in a 1. So okay. 10.0.1.42, and okay. then 3.255 and a 0, and then you hit Calculate. Okay. And okay. all the numbers change. Uh, the Calculate button... No, it does not like 10.0.1.41. It's got a red danger symbol. Where have you typed that in? For IP address. And there's not a comma instead of a dot? Nope. And I got there's a no red... There's no space anywhere. Bright if red... You, if you get a bright red angry. thingy, then there's a typo. 10.0.1.42. Okay, I liked it that time. Okay, calculate. All right. And what that will tell us is that... If you're using your router out of the box, there are 254 possible IP addresses in your house between 10.0.0.1, sorry, 10.0.1.1, 10.0.1.254. Ah. Oh, I didn't your look at that before to see how many I had the last time. Well, the last time we were using that teeny tiny netmask of mine, the 248 netmask, you were getting six. Right, but I wanted to see it. I want to see it in that uh, hide calculations. I want to see it. Six hosts. Okay, now I got it. Okay. And so your default setting is that your network address is 10.0.1.0, your broadcast is 10.0.1.255, and you have 254 addresses from 1.1 up to 1.254. Okay. And then if you wanted to check if an IP address was in the network or not, you could type it in there and it would say yes or no. And if you want to see the actual mathematics, you click show calculations and it will show you all the binary and show you everything it's doing, which is everything we've just talked about. It, and so 255 really, is the biggest number you can put in, right? Correct. Because then I've just found a mistake ones. in your math. You have? Where? Yep. Uh, so I put in uh, the IP address of 10.0.1.42, netmask at 255, 255, And then just for fun, I tried testing the IP address 10.0.1.256, and it says, yep, it's in the subnet. 10.0.1.256. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. That's the one. It doesn't have a, hey, moron, that's not a real IP address. Uh, mine goes red when I try that. Hmm. Well, you you are very good at finding bugs. We'll have to find that bug offline. I am. I'm going to drop it into the chat just in case I just to prove it was there. (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) Just so we can come back to this. Okay, that's just Allison trying to break things. Okay, so hopefully the the whole point of this interface is by having the hide and show calculations button is to let you really explore what's going on and to, to put some examples into the math we talk about. And also to let you take the two settings you know, which is your IP address and your netmask, and see what they mean. Yeah. So let's get back to the show notes. Okay. So we've done all that. So the structure of a subnet is that the first address is one you may not use, which is why you have 254 that you're allowed out of the 256 possible ones. So the first one you cannot use because it's the network address. The last one you also can't use. Because it's the very special address called the broadcast address, which is the last one. I, I lost you. So the la- so the very so right. So if you imagine our, our our big binary number, or you can do it as dotted quad. So if you have the default Apple subnet ten dot zero dot one dot anything, then ten dot zero dot one dot two five five would be the broadcast address because it's the last IP address in the range. Okay. So the highest number within the range is the broadcast address by definition. And you can't use it. You can't use it as a computer. So you can't give your computer that IP address, but you can send packets to it. And if you send a packet to it, what happens is that packet goes to every single computer on the subnet, which is what's yeah. called the broadcast address. So it's like shouting at every computer on your network. And this is very, very important. And this is it's because of this fact, actually, that a lot of people's home sharing breaks by accident. Hmm. And this is actually why we care about netmasks at all. Okay. Uh, if you care about how you calculate the broadcast address, the math is in the show notes. I'm going to skip it. Last time we talked about the fact that we can represent our netmasks as either two, you know, so it's IP network address forward slash subnet mask gives us a representation of a subnet. So right, 192.168.0.0 slash 255, 255, 255, whatever. Right. We went through all that. 
So what we where we stopped last time was that so any amount of ones followed by enough zeros to make it 32 long is allowed as a subnet mask. So you can have all of these bizarre masks like my 2481 in the example above. But in the real world, you tend not to meet those funny ones. You tend to meet ones which, when you write them out as dotted quads, are a bunch of 255s and then a bunch of zeros. They're special case, extra friendly, nice to use subnet masks. And there's three of them. You still there? Yeah, I can't figure out where you are in the show notes, so I'm so real scrolling world, trying to follow you. Real world simplifications is the name of the section. Okay, got it. Thank you. So any number of ones and zeros between 0 and 32 is okay. But in the real world, we actually meet, there's two of them we meet really often, and one of them we used to meet often in the olden days. And so 8 bits equates to 255 and then three zeros, and that's called a class A network. Huge thing. It contains 16,777,214 IP addresses. No one really uses that. The, the one you might bump into is a class B, which is two 255s and two zeros, which is a 16-bit mask. And that gives you 65,534 IP addresses. But the one us home users, and even in a corporate environment, the one you're most likely to bump into is three 255s and a zero, which is a 24-bit mask. 254 machines, and it's known as a Class C network. So that's what we're really going to see. Yeah. So in reality, if you understand a Class C net mask and what that means, you're done. Right? In the real world, that's probably enough to get by. It's just understanding Class C. So what does it mean to be a Class C? What it means is that the network address for your network is the first three bits of your IP address with the last one changed to a zero. Wait. So if you're in a class C network, what can, is my network? Can't be a zero. No, no. Your network address. Oh, that again. Is okay. defined as right the first IP address in your series. So it's going to be whatever the first three digits of your IP address are, and then you put the last one to zero, and you have now calculated your network address without any binary anywhere in sight. So if I've got a, a Linksys router with a 192.168, it'd be 192.168.0.0. Why is it a zero? It'd be one dot zero. Do Linksys by default give 192.168.1.something yes. or .0.something? Oh, okay, yes, and it will be 1.0. Yes. Okay, okay. And your broadcast address will be 192.168.1.255. So you basically you take the three bits of the IP and you make the last one a 255. There's your broadcast address. Okay. Is someone in my network or not becomes a question of, are the first three parts of the IP the same? If the answer is yes, they're in my network. If the answer is no, they're not in my network. Okay. So all of that math can be blown down to those three simple patterns assuming we're using the special case Class C network. So, now that we understand Class C networks and why they're a special case, and we, ha- we know enough to go look up how to do the not Class C networks, but in reality, as long as we know the Class Cs, we're golden. So, when we look on our computer, there are three settings that have to be right if your computer is going to work. So, IP address has to be set. Net mask has to be set. And the third very important setting is you have to have configured into your computer the IP address of your router. Okay. Which is known as the default route or the default gateway. So we use the IP address and the net mask to calculate if our destination is local or foreign. If we find out it's local, we send it direct. But if we find out it's foreign, we have to be able to send it to a router. Oh, right. And unless we tell our computer what the router is, how can we do that? Right? So those three settings are king. And so it's important you know how to read, how to find those. So if you're on OS X and you open up the network system preference pane, you can see them written out there straight in front of you. It says IP address, subnet mask, router. That are those three vital pieces of information. Now that's auto-filled for us nowadays. Because the chances are the Dropbox above it says using DHCP. Yeah. Okay. If you're on the terminal, you can, of course, also find this information. Ooh. Finally, so we jump the terminal. Yeah, uh, yeah, because now we know <laughs> what now we know time. what the output. Now we know what the output means. All right. So we can see all these three inf- pieces of information by running two terminal commands: ifconfig minus a, which will show all of our network cards and what IP addresses they have, which will We've tell us our IP before. address. And the other one we haven't probably done before is netstat minus rn. Now, netstat is a beast of a command that we'll come back to in the future, but the minus or n flag will make it show us the routing table of our computer. 
And on OS X, the routing table is huge. On every other version of Linux I've ever used, the routing table is tiny. What we're interested in is the line that starts with the magic word default, because that the, your default root is the, the IP address of your router. So if you run that command, you'll see there's a line that says default, and that's the one that tells you what your router's IP address is. Yeah, there's two lines that say default, and they both say the same router address. Two network cards, probably. Ah, could be. Yep. So, both of those give a lot of output. And we learned all about this grep thing, right? Mm -hmm. So what if we actually only want to see the real facts? Well, you can copy and paste from the show notes. Basically, it's ifconfig minus a, and then we pipe it into egrep, where we look for the pattern inet, at the edge of a word, so slash b is a word boundary. And then we pipe it back into egrep for a second run through. And minus v, remember, means to search for things that do not contain. So we're saying everything that, start, that has inet as a word and doesn't contain 127 dot, because we want to get out these 127.0.0 addresses. Why just the 127s you don't want to see? Because they're just a loopback address. So anything that's, oh, that's right. every other IP address we care about. Okay. So you probably have two because you probably have your Wi-Fi on your Ether Ethernet enabled. Active, yeah. Whereas <laughs> I only have my Ethernet plugged in, so I'm only going to get one back. Okay. Now, what you should notice is that OS X and its infinite wisdom represents net masks using hexadecimal. Yes. Thankfully, you can copy and paste that into my little calculator and it will interpret it just fine. Oh. But I closed your little calculator because you told yes, us to. I'm just, yeah, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> the point being, you should be able to put the information that you see either from the command line or from your Windows control panel or from whatever into that calculator. So the netstat command then, this time we're just grepping for the magic word default at the start of a line. And that should just show us our default root, which in my case will be one because I only have one network card active. You probably see two. Um, wait, did you do a second? So there's another, okay, so there's so net run the second rend pipe egrep, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and, and I, I'm just doing garbage in, garbage out now, not following you. So we just did the uh, ifconfig to pull out everything that didn't have 127 had init in it. What does this second one do? We are looking for lines beginning with the word default. Okay. So hat symbol default. Okay, so that just gave me my first two lines like I had before. Yes, which are the ones we care about, which when the, so... You're basically getting to your router through your wireless card and your wired card. At the very end of the line, one of them probably says EN something, and the other one says EN something else. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, so that's your two devices that are both active, right. so they can both get out to the internet right. through the same IP address. So if you look, I have there for people, if you want to follow along, the outputs from my computer with the three pieces of information that are the triumvirate that make our network work highlighted in bold, just to show you where they look. So you can see that I have my IP address is 192.168.10.42. I didn't make that up. That is genuinely my IP address. I programmed that into my router because uh, I want 42. Um, and then you can see the <laughs> mask is a class C and that my router is 192.168.10.1. Where do I see it's class C? Uh, because... 0x... Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I thought yes. you said it said classy. It doesn't. No, no, it's no, just no. you know it is. Okay, gotcha. Do that. Okay. <laughs> so why does all this matter, right? This is the biggest reason that people's home networks don't work, right? So that's why all this has been leaning up to this hopefully tip for make everyone's network run more smoothly. So... You would imagine that the whole point of IP is to take one packet from anywhere on the internet to anywhere else on the internet. So surely to goodness, everything that uses IP can travel across the internet. Isn't that the point? So everything that uses TCP or UDP, which sit on top of IP, should be able to go anywhere. But that's not true. And the reason it's not true is because of the broadcast address. So a broadcast packet never leaves your subnet. So any protocol that relies on IP broadcasts cannot work outside of your local network. Okay. Right. So if a protocol relies on broadcasts, it is confined by the range that those broadcasts reach. So if you think of it like you can't shout to the planet, you can only shout to the people next to you. Okay. So an IP broadcast is a packet to every machine on your subnet. It right. never leaves your subnet, so that traffic can't leave your can't leave your network it's trapped because it's using broadcasts 
And so any protocol that does that is called unroutable. Because it can't cross your router. Okay. So why do we care about this? We care about this because Apple absolutely adore unroutable protocols. <laughs> right? And the reason they adore them is because they allow you to do some really convenient trade-offs. If a protocol is routable, you need security. Because anyone, anywhere on the internet, can in theory get to it. So you would need passwords and everything. But an unroutable protocol cannot be attacked from outside of your subnet. So in other words, it is trapped in your house. So that's why AirPlay doesn't need a password. You can set one if you like, but it doesn't need one. And the reason that anyone else on the planet can't get to it is because it's an unroutable protocol. So iTunes sharing, printer sharing, anything in fact that uses Apple's bonjour technology is unroutable. And that's actually a feature, not a bug. And Apple didn't invent that, though. I thought that oh, was, no. like, it's in HP printers and things like that, too. I actually think Apple invented it but made it public. As in, hmm. Apple also owned the common Unix printing stack, but they didn't invent that. They own it. Anyway, it's, I, I think Apple, well, I don't know, so let's just say no more. But you know I'll check you. <laughs> yeah. Apple, though, are very, very fond of these unrootable protocols because they allow sharing without wasting your effort on security while still being secure, because it's all trapped within your house. So that's why, like, all of this new continuity stuff, where your iPhone can magically share with your computers and stuff, all unrootable protocols, all based on IP broadcasts. So these unrootable protocols rock. By the way, uh, Wikipedia says, whether this is right or not, Bonjour is Apple's implementation of zero-configuration networking, zero-conf. A group of technologies that include service discovery, address assignment, and hostname resolution. That makes sense. Okay. We'll probably be coming back to that later in the series, actually, because it's a form of DNS. Okay. And it's also called MDNS. Anyway, so where things often go wrong is when we... So usually, in your home network, you want all of your devices on the same subnet. Now, you and I both have two subnets, but one of those subnets is empty, and one of them has all of our devices on them. And the reason we want all of our devices on the same network is so that they can share with each other. And the reason people often end up pulling their hair out is because they accidentally without meaning to split their network in half. And then that means that broadcasts are only reaching some machines. And so oh. maybe my computer can reach the Apple TV just fine, but yours, yours can't. But why? Why? I have my iTunes library shared. The Apple TV can see it, but you can't. Or you can see it, but the Apple TV can't. Or you can print, but I can't. All of these kind of weird issues are almost, not always, but almost always down to you've accidentally chopped your network into two subnets. And the reason it looks random is because if you happen to be both be on one of the two halves, it'll work. But as soon as one party is on the other half, it stops working, and it can look really arbitrary and really weird. You should have told us this at the beginning. I would have had more motivation. I mean, I did pay <laughs> attention, but I, but I was like, I don't know where I'm ever going to use this. This is where. And in fact, this when is we the, were what problem are we trying to solve part? <laughs> I probably should have put that first, actually. You're right. I was trying to keep it as a... Okay. So let's start spoiler. with... spoiler... <laughs> Let's start with the out-of-the-box network almost everyone has, right? So you buy your first internet router, you plug everything in, you end up with a network that looks like the one we talked about last time. So you see there, a little bubble for the cloud, our home router with its three components, the routing component, the Ethernet switch component, and the wireless access point component. All of your devices are connected either by a copper wire or by wireless. And so there's a little blue box there that shows the reach of your home network, right? So it's one unified sort of blue fuzzy box where they're all together. They can all yap away to each other and share away just fine. Then you realize you have terrible Wi-Fi in the back bedroom. It's just awful. So you buy a second device. And you plug it in. Ah. So you stick it into the Ethernet switch. Yeah, they do. And then the question is, how do you configure it? Because that little box contains three components. And if you configure those three components one way, you get one giant network. If you configure that same box differently, you get two. And so I have a diagram of the bad and the good, right? <laughs> so in the bad, we have enabled the routing feature of the second access point, which means that we now have subnet one, the one we intended, and a whole separate subnet called subnet two, which is the accidental one, which has the devices that are further away from you, they're in the back bedroom, are on an island. We didn't mean them to be on an island, we just misconfigured our access point. So the correct way to do it is to... 
configure your second device so the router component is turned off. So you can see it's out of the way there in red in the second diagram. And now you have one giant big network again. Yeah. And everything is fine. Right, 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 right. So the way you could tell if you had condition one, right? That's the right. So if people had come to me and say, oh, I can't share, I need to know, have you accidentally done one instead of two? And the way I tell is by checking the net masks and stuff like we've been talking about. So you have to go inside their network to do that, though, right? Well, what I would just do, ask what them I would do to you because we did this years and years ago when you were having trouble sharing something on your network, and I would say to you, "What's the IP address and net mask on that computer? And what's the IP address and net mask on that other computer?" Now, when we are checking this, we know more than our computers know when they're just. So, when we were talking about using subnet masks to route traffic, we said that our computer only knows our our uh, net mask. It doesn't know the net mask of the other IP. Right. But if we are trying to fix our network, we know everyone's IP and everyone's subnet because <laughs> we can just read it. Right, right. Okay? So we know more than the computer does. So if we are having sharing trouble, so these two devices suddenly can't share anymore. We now have two devices. We look up using the GUI or whatever. Give me, a MAC address, uh, give me an IP address. Give me a net mask. Give me an IP address. Give me a net mask. Okay, are these on the same network or not? The simplest check to do is first to see, are the two of them actually configured to use the same net mask? If the answer is no, then straight away you know you split your network by mistake. Right. They couldn't possibly on the same subnet, they have a different net mask. Chances are you won't find the answer to that question to be no, because almost everyone uses class C's, so they're probably going to be the same. But that still doesn't mean they're on the same network. Then you have to go further. So then you need to figure out if they share the same subnet. So you can either do it with the math, or you can follow this diagram. And the nice thing about the diagram is because almost everyone has a class C, you stay in the top little corner of the diagram, you don't go any further. Let me see if I can walk through this again. So I'm looking at the diagram right now. So the first question, oh. net mask the same, yes or no, no, hey moron, they're not on the same subnet. I got that yeah. one. Right. The chances uh, are then the answer is yes. So if it's class C, that means it's going to go from 0 to 254. Within some uh, so within the IP address range. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so if we walk to the diagram, so we have gathered our IP, our IP addresses and our net masks. The net mask is the same, so we've decided they're both class C. So then we fall into this next box, which says, is the net mask 255, 255, 255, or one of the other two ways of writing the same thing? So <clears throat> back up, back up. This okay. is why I wanted to try to say it in my own words. If I went out and got a little network extender thingy, and I mm -hmm. plugged it in, or another, another airport extreme and plugged it in, mm -hmm. I would have to have actively gone in and said, don't make it 255, 255, 255, I would have had right. to actively do that, right? So accidentally right. is not going to ever do this. Unless they're from different vendors. There are I have seen wireless access points that use a class B. I haven't seen many of them. I believe I've seen one. So 99% of the time we're just going to hit that red button right away that says not on same subnet because the net masks are going to be this are going to be different. No, no, no. No, they're usually right. going to be the same. We're almost never going to get to go out in the red box, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Afraid okay, okay. I said it backwards. have to do more work. I said it backwards. So, so they're almost always going to be the same. They're going to have 255-255-2550, right? Yes. So we're going to go to the yes. So how... Okay. But Maybe I've missed the fundamental not, right? thing again, but I don't see how they aren't going to be on the same subnet. Okay. Well, let's follow it through. So we go yes out of the first box. So we ask the question, are you a class C? And if you answer yes again, then this is the key question. Are the first three parts of the IP address the same? Okay, so here's where maybe I could see it be different, that if you had a, a Netgear and a, and a Linksys together, uh, Linksys does 192.168.1.whatever, and I think Netgear does 192.168.0.whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's where you could start getting this problem, right? Right, but I'm pretty sure if you plug two airport extremes into each other... It would detect, it would use DHCP to find out what its port is, what its IP address is on the inside. So facing your other router, and it would never use the same address to give out IP addresses behind itself because it would break completely. So you would actually probably find if you just took them out of the box, you'd find that one of them goes to 10.0.1.blah and the other one goes to 10.0.2.blah. Oh, oh, so it would auto detect that there's another one here and I yeah. better use something else. Right, because it would oh. you can't have the same network on two sides of a router if it's in router mode because that that's like think, 
a snake eating its own tail. Yeah. Okay. The Fox okay. Boy Zero. Uh, yeah. Okay. So now I'm with yeah. you because I was thinking, well, they would both pick the same thing. Why wouldn't that work? No, they 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 should. If they did both pick the same thing, you would know it was broken because nothing would work. <laughs> it would be a simpler demise. It would be a simpler problem. And so, usually, actually, when people go through this flow, they only ever go into three yellow triangles. Are the masks the same? Almost certainly yes. Is it a class C? Almost certainly yes. And then you get to the real question: Are the first three parts of the IPs the same? If the answer is yes, you're all on the one subnet, and whatever your problem is, you can it's rule that one else. out. Okay. It's something else. Okay. But likelihood is, if what your only symptom is that you can't share stuff, you're probably going to find that the answer is actually no, and then you need to go in and reconfigure that second router, probably into something like, they all have different words for it, like um, access point mode, or bridge mode, or not a router mode, basically. And then check again, and then this time you should go into the nice green yes box. Okay. So basically you keep doing it until you go into the nice green yes box, then you've got it right. Except it it might determine that you don't know what your problem is, <coughs> right? Okay, but you know, every, but knowing that is good. In the world, right? Every problem in the world isn't that your network is misconfigured, <laughs> but many problems are. So the first thing to do is rule that out, and if you rule that out, then I'm afraid you're down to more troubleshooting. Okay, but the point is, so basically, the entire two weeks have been leading up to that diagram for troubleshooting because that's actually why it matters, and. As a little test for yourself, if listeners want to test, see how well they've done. I don't know if you want to do this live on air, and maybe, maybe you don't. <laughs> you haven't even told but, me, and I think the answer is no. Yeah. So basically, there are at the bottom of the show notes, one, two, three, four, five, six little sample IP address and netmask combinations of two potential machines. And you want to figure out, are they on the same subnet? Yes or no? So you can... Figure out for yourself whether you think they are, and then click the little reveal button, and it will tell you whether or not they're the same and why. Oh, this is a test? This is a test. Okay. I've never done this before, but there's now a test in no, your... I like this. ...saving the terminal. <laughs> Wait. So, do you want to do it then? Uh, no, the test is just to try to... It's in your head, right? Yes. Well, I was going to say, do you want to do it live on air and see if you're right? Oh, geez. Okay. Let me think. I got to get my. Uh, time, so you have you have an out. <laughs> I thought you meant test my network by messing no. it up. Thought, that's why I said no. Uh, okay. So one I, the first one is one nine two dot one six eight dot zero dot one and two five five two five five two five five zero. Then the same IP address but a different net mask. So if the net mask is not the same, they're not on the same subnet. No. And in fact, if you see that, where, the, where the, the first bit's the same, but the subnet masks are different, you're almost certainly into a world of, oh my god, my routers are totally misconfigured. This is, <laughs> okay. this is bad. So the second one has the same subnet mask, but the third digit in the octet is different, and, and our quad, te- quad whatever? Quad. <laughs> Dotted quad. Dotted quad is different, so I'm going to say also not on the same subnet. Correct. Yay! All right, the third one, uh, let's see, subnet mask is the same. The first, let's see, first three, no, the, the IP addresses in the third uh, quad is different, so I'm also going to say no. Okay, but you didn't look very closely at those two subnet masks, did you? You looked at they were the same, but they're a class B, not a class C. Oh, I didn't pay any attention to the class B and A. I only paid attention to class C. Right? I have so no idea. So class B, what that means is that the first two have to match, and the last two can wobble around. So actually, they're in the same subnet. Oh, because the okay. first two are the same, they're about one nine two dot one six eight. I thought I could ignore the B's and C and A's. All right, fine. So the next it's not one. Not much of a test if I let you away with that, is it? No, but now I didn't pay any attention to the stuff with the slashes in them either. I have no idea. So the next okay, one he well. gives is ten dot zero dot zero dot five slash twenty four, ten dot zero dot zero dot one twenty four slash twenty four. I'm going to just say yes. Okay, and the reason I put that example there is because slash twenty four is the shortest possible way to have a class C network. That is a class C. You so are that correct. just tells you it's twenty four bit. Yeah, 24 uh, bit. You told us 816 and 24 bit when you said yeah. A, B, and C. Yeah. Okay, so I accidentally got it right and I sort of, okay, now, now you're doing hex. Go away, Bart. Okay, but that's what OS 10 would tell you, right? If you look at your terminal commands, that's what OS 10 tells you. And the reason I put both of those in is because, again, it's a class C in disguise. Okay, he's got 0x, ff, 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 00. And that kind of looks like what I remember. And 24 is a class C, so I'm going to say yes. Well, no. No, because the third digit in the octet's different, so the answer is no. Okay, you got you got it right. Okay, last question. Okay. Mm-hmm. 10.245.6.11, 10.245.7.11. Okay, those are different, but it says 16. 
uh, and we had, must have been 8, 16, 20. It wasn't, I don't know what 16 is, but that's not the same as as the zeros and the Fs and stuff. Oh, it's, it is actually. They're I have no idea. B. They're both class B. Bart, there's no way on earth I would know that from what you've told me. I mean, I'm sure if I sat back and read the whole thing, I would, but no, or I you, don't like you, that. Yeah, but if you don't know, you drop it into the calculator website, remember? Yeah, but I couldn't figure out how, where to put the that 0xFFFF junk in the calculator, so... It's the subnet mask, so you can stick it in there where you were putting your 255s. You can put that junk in there. It will interpret it. I don't believe you. You don't believe me? No, that's why it took bloody ages to write it. Well, it's, it's, really, it's really liberal on its interpretation. Okay, fine. Hang on. God, so if you take the second part of that... So 10.255.7.11. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a Okay, minute. no, right. You can do it either way, right? So you're, okay, so you've got 10.245.6.11 slash 16. You're telling me I can put 16 in for the subnet mask and it's... I am. The net mask, it's going to work? And you hit calculate, it'll work. 10.245. So I don't ever get to type in the, the X, the X, the well, Fs and zeros. you can copy those in if you like as well. No, because I don't need them. Okay. Okay, calculate. <laughs> And it will tell you all of the different ways you can write that same subnet. So you'll see that the Fs are there. It's worked them out for you. Okay, so you but it doesn't say anything there. about 7.11, so i got to put okay, that so one in. 7.11 into the test IP at the bottom. 7.11. Yes. Yeah, that's the answer. Okay. So I don't need to learn any of this. I just use your, your thing here. <laughs> or Yes, so the diagram will work most of the time. In fact, every example in that test would have worked with the diagram because the diagram has the Fs. So if you print out that diagram on your wall, it has all the Fs, so you would have gotten there too. Okay. Okay, but I'm never going to look at a, anything other than a Class C in my entire life. Not going to happen. Until someday you're going to send me an email saying, oh my God, I found a Class B. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to make mine, what's the smallest I can make? I'm going to do one of those 254 ones so I get that little, t- or no. 254 no. you actually can't do, it's um, 252 I believe is as small as you can go. I want a, I want one with like six. No, I've got seventeen things on my network. I gotta have eighteen then. <laughs> Nobody else is allowed in my subnet. I was gonna say you gotta be a little careful with that, or you're, suddenly you're gonna try. You're gonna plug in a new iPhone, and it's gonna go. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's okay. No, they don't work in my house anyway because I have to have an AT and T uh, microcell, and if you're not connected to my microcell, you are not getting phone calls in my house anyway. Well, your microcell needs to have an IP. I hope you're counting that in your 16 or 17 devices. Oh, I hope so. It's whatever my router says I have. It says 17. So, Well, you did bring us around, Bart. You want to pull in a conclusion here at the end? Okay, so I may as well. So, bottom line, for your computer to work correctly, you must have correctly configured an IP address, a net mask, and the IP address of your router, known as a default route. No, that's not a true statement. Your router needs to have done that for you. Your computer needs to be configured with those settings. Yes. <laughs> and it, if, how, how they arrive there <laughs> okay. is arbitrary. But if it doesn't have those three, it cannot work. And when you're troubleshooting sharing problems, always start by checking that the subnets are the same. Because the chance, if they're not, all of these sharing things will be broken. And then if you find they are broken, well, at least you know why. That's fabulous. That's actually, that's a really good takeaway here. So where we're going next, right, and we've hinted at it 20 billion times already today, so we have just sort of been taking it as given that DHCP does its magic. Yeah, we just say it's great. So the next time we're actually going to decloak DHCP. It's not magic, it's actually a very sane and simple protocol. So let's look at it next time. All right. watch it it's magic. We might need a non-head-spinning break here, Bart. <laughs> well, believe it or not, the DHCP one is actually easy. Compared to this, right, compared to this, everything's easy. I hope so. You promise no, it's downhill no, no. for the rest of, until we get to oh, yeah. end? No, no. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know of a single other time. All right, I did a four-year computer science degree. I'm pretty sure this was the peak in terms of making my head spin. Well, yeah, certainly in terms of terminal. Yeah, no, seriously, this is, this is probably the last time I'm ever going to mention binary in this series. <laughs> Good. And no, I promise you, the HCP compared to this, a fifth of the amount of difficulty. Okay. All right. Well, I noticed one exciting thing. If you guys mm-hmm. go to the show notes, which you most certainly have if you've been trying to pay attention, is that uh, if you go to make a comment, he has instituted the I am not a robot recapture from, uh, from Google. So you may not have to do anything to submit a comment other than check a box. 
Yeah. Well, when you say I implemented, I use a really cool plugin that takes all of Google's cool stuff and puts it into my blog. <laughs> oh, I'll have to talk to you about that. By the way, session expires. I clicked it once and it gave me a little green check. Now it says session expires. Please expired. Please verify again. Oh, so you've, you've, you've made me a robot second again. time it gave me a captcha. That's interesting. Because you've been suspicious. You timed it out. I was like, hang on a sec. What's going on here? Who's, who's messing around with me for this long? <laughs> if it gets suspicious, you get a captcha. All right, Bart. I am going to go rest my brain in breakfast. So, because uh, this was this was a tough one for me. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully the listeners uh, take two was hopefully more successful than take one. I was cranky about myself after take one. <laughs> anyway. All right. Until Bart. next time, when there will be security light and all usual business will resume. Happy computing. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeet.com or podcasting at bartafisser.net. <laughs>